Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Ottawa, Canada. Welcome to the show, John Cook. Happy to be here, Victor. Great to have you here, John. Now, you run an organization here in Ottawa called Service Master, which is a large multi-city, multinational brand. That's right. And you're involved in all kinds of disaster restoration, disaster recovery. And this year has been a little bit different, of course, with COVID-19. Absolutely. I, I think there's a few uh, elements that uh, make this year a lot different. Of course, uh, one of the key pieces in the restoration side of the business is supply chains, as you know, are, are, are heavily interrupted right now, right? making it a little bit difficult to put people back in their homes after a fire or a flood. But a lot of what we do in Service Master is routine building, maintenance and cleaning. And um, one of the challenges we have today in today's world is, is that often property managers and, and facility owners, they, they really push hard on budgets in relation to cleaning. So in most recent years, we're not necessarily looking at hygiene as much as we're out there seeking and destroying dirt. And so we tend to rely on visual observations to determine what's clean or not clean. And this is sort of kind of a, a little bit of a challenge when you throw in COVID-19. Absolutely, because we're talking about microbes that are measured in microns, and that's much smaller than the eye can see. So how do you even know that you've actually thoroughly cleaned something? It's a good question. So we rely on ATP testing. So there's testing protocols that uh, that are typically found in medical facilities or food-grade facilities. And this is something that probably if we in a perfect world would be relied on uh, you know across all facilities but you're you're correct we're, we're dealing with um, uh, microbes here and typically you, you know when you sneeze or you cough or you speak uh, what's happening is you're getting uh, you know these little particulates that are sub 0.5 of a micron and so when you talk about regular cleaning you know, you know with say a microfiber cloth we're cleaning at about five microns with regular cleaning. So if you can appreciate even glass, even, uh, you know, beautiful uh, stone countertops, when we look at that at a, a very, uh, under a microscope, we actually see peaks and valleys inside those surfaces. And so when we cough or sneeze or speak, uh, you know, uh, what happens is that in this case, if you, if you did have a virus, it can get down and into the peaks and valleys. And really what we're doing when we're cleaning typically is we're covering the top surface and we're not getting into the space where we really need to clean. Wow, very interesting. And I, that makes sense because at the end of the day, what looks like a very smooth surface, I don't care how well it's polished, it is at the end of the day, some portion of that surface is going to be at least semi-porous. Correct. Yes. And coming back to supply chains, when all of this started to happen last, uh, last really in Canada, mostly February, March, there was a massive rush on products and really people were going out and buying whatever they could get their hands on to offer cleaning services. And this is where, you know, uh, we were seeing people applying relatively toxic uh, solutions and incorrectly. So uh, for instance, people talk about a lot of fogging tools and a lot of misting tools. And so you're taking whatever you can find, okay, whatever is available to you in the moment, and that becomes what you offer your customers. And that's pretty typical. And in many cases, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, we don't have the budgets to train people the way they need to be trained to really effectively clean in these environments. So 
got a couple of problems. There was a, a, an interesting rule, the 33300 rule. That that's basically a rule that I think JLL sort of published uh, some time ago. And the three dollars is, is sort of amounts to utilities, the thirty for the rent, and the three hundred for the people. Um, when we evaluated uh, this a little further, we came up with our own rule called the one eight hundred rule, and that is essentially saying, you know, we've got people trying to reduce the dollar a foot costs of cleaning, and they're trying to find a way to basically save money there. And what they're doing is they're compromising the up to $800 number. That's about roughly the cost if we go to an office 2000 environment where you could have up to $800 of people per square foot. And so we have to be really mindful that if we don't take care of the space, this becomes a health impact of the people. Now, of course, most people are working from home, but... If we're not taking care of the people, this is where the, the significant costs are. But we're putting, the, I guess, our efforts into all the wrong places. So it's a fancy way of saying penny wise and pound foolish. Absolutely. And, and so we look at different cleaning methods. And, and another factor that we have is if we take the typical cost of, a, of a, an office fit up, for instance, it's not just the people. Now we're going to the property. If we are spraying just anything we can find and it's relatively harsh and toxic, we're now affecting things like desks and chairs and furniture. Ever been into a hospital, Victor, and looked around as you're visiting someone how destroyed the surfaces are because of the, the routine cleaning and, and the and the heavy chemicals that are used to clean. Well, this is no different in an office environment, and it's completely unnecessary if you apply the right solutions. So what you're saying is that a lot of these very harsh cleaners are creating lots of damage, long-term permanent damage to this capital infrastructure. Absolutely. And we're starting to see it right here uh, in some of the facilities we look after where we're responsible for the cleaning, but maybe not for applying the uh, the daily solutions or the weekly solutions that are being used by, by way of fogging. So if someone is the owner of a professional office, now we're not talking about necessarily medical grade, but let's say they, they run a, a real estate office or an insurance office or anything like that, what would be an appropriate cleaning protocol? What would be an appropriate testing protocol for the surfaces, for testing the surfaces to make sure that they are clean? So we talked a little bit about ATP testing, which is a standard in testing that's existed for a very, very long time. And it's more like a positive-negative test. It says you're either clean or you're not clean. And it's not necessarily getting into what you're, you're talking about, just living matter. So we rely on that whenever we do any COVID-related testing, pre and post ATP testing. Now, there's another company out of Kitchener, Ontario, that has created something called Octosolve. It's, it's, a, it's an imaging software that actually shows living matter and even identifies it through uh, software. And so this is where I believe the future lies, is basically not just saying we're going to clean something, but proving that we've cleaned it by both pre and post cleaning evidence. So that's one thing that I think can really change the way we do things. But I'm going to go back to, uh, to, to 10, 15 years ago. We would we'd be paid to clean roughly 3,500 feet per hour. That was kind of the expectation. Today, in many markets, what people are expect, expectations are, are cleaning up to 10,000 feet per hour. That's for one person. Yeah. So the, 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 if you can really just, just go clean your home and see what it takes. Now, I know we're not cleaning your home every day, but if you just did cleaning every day in your home, just see what it takes to clean your home, and then you can figure out what they're asking of our industry. They're basically putting very unrealistic expectations on us to basically clean large volumes of space, get them to the point where they are you know, habitable and safe uh, for very, very little money, and all, ultimately at a very high production rate. So 
this is a challenge. So we really are seek and destroying dirt. We're making things visually look good, but we're not getting to that point of clean that you and I are talking about today that's so necessary in today's environment. So you factor in all of these these elements and really we're about to see a big change in, in, in the cleaning world. And we're also going to come out of this with a, ver- a much clearer understanding that what's been going on for the, these last eight months is wrong in many places. When I think about the residential cleaning company that's come to my house, I mean, we're talking 4,500 square feet. They send three people plus a supervisor. They're there for at least a couple of hours. And if they do a deep clean, it's even longer. So what you're talking about is an order of magnitude faster in the commercial environment than I would get in a residential setting. And they're certainly not sterilizing my house by any means. Well, it's interesting you say that. One of the service master brands is called Mary Maids. Okay, so we do residential uh, cleaning through the Mary Maids Network right across Canada and in, in the U.S. And it's interesting because when I evaluate the cleaning that they do, it's great cleaning. Uh, they get typically more per hour than most commercial companies pay for cleaning facilities where people work. And this is an interesting comparison and usually something that shocks me because, and, and of course, now you see where we are today. But I, I, I can assure you, Victor, we typically aren't provided enough to do the job that we need to do, especially in today's environment. Now, that's not a complaint. It's just a reality, okay? And, of course, there's a lot of financial pressure everywhere. But I think when you go back to what we talked about earlier and you start looking at the effects on people, if you can appreciate having a safer, cleaner environment makes people more comfortable, makes them more productive, and ultimately you win on two sides. You win on their health, less sick time, but you also win on their their being more productive because they're not as worried about the environment they work in. So... What are some of the toxic chemicals that people are routinely using for cleaning that they should absolutely be avoiding? Because in that instance, maybe the cure is worse than the disease, so to speak. I think there's a, an application, like everything, there's an application for each solution. Unfortunately, in Canada, we have a, a very good system for identifying what can and can't be used. It's less about what you should, what, what about it's being used, more about how it's being used. So there's, uh, so for instance, we pick any kind of medical grade disinfectant, okay, and we go apply it incorrectly, then it's not going to work. There are dwell times related to that. There are places it should be used. There's dilution. There's a whole pile of things that you have to take into consideration. So number one, identifying the right solution for the right item is, is critical. But I think what's really clear is that when you start taking whatever is available, throwing it into a ULV fogger and throwing it around space, you know, you're not doing anyone any good, okay? And that's, I think, the, the key message. The second thing is, is that you cannot sterilize or make clean from a, from a hygiene standpoint something that's, that's got dirt on it. So the other mistake that people are making is that they're, they're just spraying solutions into these buildings before they clean. And so you have to deep clean before you apply these things. And this is a key point that people missed a lot of at the beginning. They're fogging over dirt. And this just doesn't work. So basically putting icing on a mud pie. (laughs) That's exactly what it's like, yeah. Okay. So the most common things I hear talked about, soap, chlorine, bleach, and hydrogen peroxide. What are your thoughts on the three? So let's talk quickly about uh, soap and water. First of all, cleaning like this, especially when we're talking about uh, COVID, is done. we're looking to achieve a log kill, okay? So if you're washing with soap and water, say you're washing your hands with soap and water, you can effectively get your hands, you know, singing the happy, happy birthday song as you wash, you can get about a log three kill on your, your, your hands. This is pretty good. It's pretty great. But if you start to take what it takes to wash your hands and you apply that to a building, can you imagine the scrubbing you'd have to do? Wow, yes. Okay, so this is, this is one perspective. And, and, and so apply it across a grocery store, for instance. 
So if you're going to use something as severe as bleacher, that's kind of pretty volatile, okay? And it's also very hard on people. Whereas hydrogen peroxide used correctly is, a, is an excellent way to do it. And the, the, the product that we use is called Stairmist. And it is basically, uh, it's a $30,000 applicator, okay? It's not a $1,000 f- fogger. It's a $30,000 piece of medical-grade equipment that even the solution, the bit solution, the 7.8% hydrogen peroxide has an RFED device on it. So it's got a chain of custody from when it was made and analyzed to the point it's applied. So the machine logs the actual use of the solution. But it also goes through this medical-grade piece of equipment that gets the exact amount. It gets pushed across cold arc plasma, and it gets negatively charged, and it gets down to that 0.5 micron space that we were talking about earlier. So this is very effective. It's not harmful to people. It's not harmful to finishes. In fact, we can spray it into server rooms and computer screens and everything. It doesn't bother anything. And it basically gets back to a state of neutral in the air, in the environment, within 15 minutes. And we say 15 minutes, it's actually much quicker, but it also is an immediate kill to up to a log 8. Now, if you're talking about log kills, a log 6 is medical grade, so a surgical tool would be, cl- it would be cleaned to a log 6 kill. And we're getting up to a log 8 with this solution. So we, we can only, of course, confirm that through laboratory testing. Uh, that's where we know that that's happening. But again, coming back, we're not trying to say that we're going to get that everywhere. If we get four, for instance, and we do our ATP testing and we do our any other testing that we decide is relevant to that application, we could pretty much say we have a clean facility. Now, Victor, we both know that someone walks through the front door not wearing a mask, sneezes, we continue to have a problem at that point in time. So it's only good for the moment. However, there is something called Aegis Microbe Shield that we use, which is a really unique product that basically leaves ongoing protection behind. So it's actually little microscopic pins that form on surfaces. When you take an envelope virus, as it falls, it hits these little microscopic pins, it bursts and it dies off. So it leaves some additional protection behind. It's also not toxic. It's got the toxicity level, say, vitamin C. So there's the incredible things happening in our, in our industry right now. And I believe at the end of all of this, we will be so much better as a result of it because of everything we're learning. That's fascinating. The person listening to this at home is probably their head is spinning at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. the question is, how accessible is this? How costly is it? Uh, is this simply reserved for the fanciest embassies that have uh, unlimited budgets, or is this accessible to any business? There's a couple of things I'd say is that you know you have to look at each situation and understand risk. If you have a um, you know a confirmed case of uh, of COVID-19 in a facility and we're getting better at tracking as you know well then your protocol for cleaning that space in, in an environment where you're hosting people is going to become a little bit more important than say if you have someone who's showing some symptoms but not confirmed you do precautionary cleaning every case it's a case by case thing Steramist is uh, you know available throughout in many places around the world okay but it's delivered through the Tommy environmental network which we're part of here in our in our operation it's not inexpensive Victor but it is the right thing to do when you factor in all the things we talked about earlier is it expensive at 25 cents a square foot or is it expensive to replace your furniture prematurely is it expensive to have people at home sick and when you compare it like when you really do the numbers and don't just look at the moment and the cost in the moment, you really do realize it's actually far less expensive. When you couple that with the microbe shield, you're not treating every day like a lot of people are. They're, they're putting bodies in just to wipe every single day, every single hour, and they're putting those solutions on. So they're actually 
costing you quite a lot of money in the moment, but then you're also, you know, potentially, and I'm not saying everyone's out there doing this. I'm saying there's a high frequency of it. There's a lot of people doing a lot of damage out there right now. Got it. Got it. Well, John, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Well, you can uh, email our office at uh, inquiry at smottawa.com or um, uh, you can call us at 613-244-1997 and we can help connect you to people right around the, the continent. Fantastic. So for the listeners at home, definitely connect with John at 613-244-1997 or at inquiry at smottawa.com. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 